Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. Tim Andrews is here. Good morning. English Nick is here. Good day. Oh. Uh, turn on your microphone. Good day. Thank you. That's how it works. Autumn Fisher, I believe, is with us. Hello. And the handsomest producer in all of producery. Jared Yamamoto. What's up, everybody? There's a little bit of struggle bus going on today. I, I missed the uh, Christmas party last night. I forgot about it, and I hate to say that because people will use that against me. I didn't forget about it because it's forgettable. I forgot about it because I'm Eric, and I forget things. You were the talk of the party, too. Was it good? It was great. It was a humdinger, and Jared shows up in a Falcon's Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Very hey, nice. We need a little hope today, right? I think for once, actually, uh, English Nick is more on the struggle bus. I think he uh, he downed a little more of the uh, inebriates than my uh, night continues. Uh, yes. My night continues after that into live band karaoke territory. So I so, get it's three o'clock in the morning before you, I'm home. You had no reason to stop. No, uh, and I'm surprised in you because you're a little sick, Jared. And usually you're the one who comes in hungover. But you look pretty good after the the morning after the night. Listen, it's amazing what a little coffee will do. A little coffee and water will always bring you get back. Get you through the struggle bus. A little coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just coffee. That's, uh, <laughs> hey, a little hair of the dog that bit you, right? That's right. <laughs> a little coffee, a little water, a little hair of the dog, a little of this. Headlines of the week. All right, Jared Yamamoto, hit me with the headline. Okay, so this is a good one here. Donald Trump thinks SNL is, quote, totally biased after <laughs> tweeting about last night's episode. Now, here's the interesting thing about uh, this uh, the sketch they did, the cold open they did. It was about him tweeting. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was about how ridiculous it is that he tweets, and then he immediately tweeted. I guess we can listen to a little bit of it if I can pull it up here. Is this up, my... Uh... That is another example influenced Latin American literature. <laughs> Seth, I thought I told you to turn off your phone. I'm sorry, Mrs. Lehman. I think someone retweeted me. Seth, you're just some random kid in high school. Who would retreat, retweet you? Then they show Trump Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Kellyanne, I just retweeted the best tweet. I mean, wow, what a great... Smart tweet. <laughs> so the whole thing was basically how random people in the country were being retweeted by President-elect. I thought it was a pretty good cold open. It was pretty funny, uh, but Trump didn't like it. Wasn't funny at all. Just tried watching Saturday Night Live. Unwatchable. <laughs> totally biased and not funny. And the Baldwin impersonation just can't get any worse. Sad. <laughs> that was the tweet. Very sad. <laughs> so you tweeted... That you didn't like a bit where there was that they were making fun of the fact that you tweet too much. I am not yet the president of the United States, okay? But I am the 
president-elect, which means I can still use my Twitter account. And what I do is I retweet fantastic tweets from fantastic people. (laughs) (laughs) So what I find uh, interesting here is this is his personality. You know, I I think back to uh, every president and every president-elect has been parodied. I mean, this just happened. I mean, it's part of the game. You, you, Saturday Night Live is going to make fun of you. Now, they were nicer to Obama because they loved him so much they couldn't figure out how to make fun of him. Nobody made fun of Ike, okay? Everybody liked Ike. Uh, uh, Ike every, would, I'm sure I can find some cartoons, uh, some editorials, some... Oh, maybe some, Erblock, okay, whatever. But he wasn't on... <laughs> look, if I could add Twitter, he would have been tweeting constantly. Trust me. <laughs> It's interesting to me, because I, I think back to, like, Ronald Reagan. I just thought, people made fun of Ronald Reagan all the time. I don't remember him ever once commenting on it, ever. I mean, I just, uh, or, or Margaret Thatcher. Like, I don't think they ever even thought about it. I think if you would have asked those guys about comedians, you know, Richard, you know, Ronald Reagan never said something about Richard Belzer, the comedian, making jokes about him. I really don't like that Richard Belzer. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I really think if you could have gotten to Ronald Reagan and, and talked to him about it, he just would have said... Well, I don't know. They do what they do. I do what I do. It's two different worlds, and that's the way that it goes. But Trump is going to be a very different kind of president because Trump, this is what I'm gleaning here. I'm not talking about his policies. We'll get into that sort of thing. We're just talking about his personality. Trump cares what the beautiful people think. Trump cares what celebrities think about him. He spent a lot of time uh, having really good relationships with rich and famous people. And so he actually... It bothers him that, I don't know what he expects Saturday Night Live to do, but it bothers him that the rich and the beautiful are making fun of him because he actually cares what celebrities say about him. This is going to be new. This is a first. And then Alec Baldwin tweeted back, release your tax returns and I'll stop. So we have a president-elect who's in a tweet war with... With an actor. I'm going to do an impersonation of the time Alec Baldwin called his daughter and said all sorts of horrible things on the voicemail. Get ready, Trump America. wouldn't repeat those, though. They're too, they're too vulgar. Yeah, those are too vulgar. Too you can't vulgar. Do I, don't, I don't swear. I don't drink. I don't smirk. I'm a great guy. Listen, he's got seven <laughs> weeks to fill out his cabinet. Why isn't he focusing on that? Well, I, I, look, how long does it take to tweet? The, the other side of that is it doesn't take too long to tweet. The reason he should probably not be doing this is, is because... It seems unpresidential, but you know what? It's 2016. Hell, it's almost 2017. <laughs> and things are obviously changing on that front. You know, Obama changed a lot of this. Obama spent a lot of time with Jay-Z and Beyonce and went on YouTube and did interviews with people who did wacky things on YouTube. And he went on, you know, between two ferns. You know, there was a time when we would have thought that was quite unpresidential. But with Obama, he's just like the coolest, slickest dude ever. Uh, and I'm so, awesome. Yeah, you, you, you're allowed. And so what the press doesn't realize is, hey, wait a minute. You opened this door. You applauded when Obama would do stuff with YouTube stars and yeah, things like that. Yeah, but Obama never went after a YouTube star for making yeah. fun of him. Well, this is the, I, I said I, I said they opened the door. Uh, Pootie Pie, I want you to stop acting like yeah. a jerk. <laughs> Quit treating me like crap. <laughs> what I'm saying is they opened the door. So what they can't do is they, they, they're on their high horse now. This is unpresidential. No, there was a time where uh, the president of the United States sitting down for a comedy bit with a comedy actor would have been highly unpresidential but we've opened that door nixon did it oh nixon went on laughing 
he wasn't president yet, though. No, so he, he went, sock it to me. Yeah, and but that he was, helped him win. Me? That helped him win. Yeah. <laughs> right. How did he do it it again? sounded very natural at the time, Sock too. it to me. <laughs> Nixon also broke down the barrier of going on, like, he went on this night show. We all talk about, mm-hmm. we all talk about, as if everyday people talk about this, but I'm saying in- <laughs> It's all talk of the people chair have, and his pal. People have uh, talked, <laughs> you know, about how Bill Clinton changed things when he went on Arsenio Hall, yeah. and he played, played, the uh, played the saxophone. But years before, after Nixon lost- to the governorship, I think, mm-hmm. he went on The Tonight Show and played the piano. Right. Kind of a different time. But that was kind of weird, because he'd been a vice president, a presidential contender. And so these barriers have slowly been knocked down. And each time, the people who are running for office or the people who are president say, look, I have to reach the people. If this is where the people are, if the people are watching Between Two Ferns, I've never watched Between Two Ferns, but somebody was. I think it all started when President Hoover played banjo on Amos and Andy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was, I still think highly unpresidential. <laughs> but, you it know, really is. Yeah. You break and that's it our out. benchmark, I think. Yeah. But uh, hey, look, back in the old days when they used to run at uh, you know county fairs and stuff, who knows what Rutherford B. Hayes was following <laughs> on stage. Yes. <laughs> Some weird like, snake oil guy. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right, up next, ladies and gentlemen. The next president of the United States, <laughs> Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, his telcom really helped my itching. <laughs> so there's been a gradual <laughs> descent into this. And what I, what, I, what I do laugh at is the way that now the press wants to get back up on their high horse and start declaring what's presidential and what's not presidential. Once Obama did the interview with the YouTube star, Whose one of her previous programs was that she took a bath in uh, milk and Fruit Loops, <laughs> and wore green lipstick during the interview. It's got millions of views. It's got millions of views. The of bar, course. the bar was lowered. Is I was what saying, you're hey, saying. Yeah. nobody could say his tweeting <clears throat> is unpresidential <throat> if you're the same press who didn't go after Obama for that. The walls are broken down now. The interesting thing here is that uh, Donald Trump. I'm telling you, cares about what the beautiful people think about him. Because, think about it, before this, he spent a long time cultivating those relationships. He and Jay-Z are friends. You know, he and all, he's, he's friends with a lot of people, and so it kind of, he's going to have to turn the corner and realize, when you're president, there's a whole bunch of people who aren't going to like you, no matter who you are. You could be the greatest president of all time that does the best for most people of all time, and there's going to be a large section of people who make jokes about you and make fun of you. That's part of throwing your hat in the ring. That's part of saying, I want to be president, is I want to endure this. And by the way, as SNL sketches go, that was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. And Alec Baldwin's Trump is pretty good. And what does he expect them to do? I mean, do they just want him to be serious and, like, basically portray him as, like, this yeah. perfect guy? <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Whether you're a Trump supporter Maybe or not. Maybe that's what they should do, and that would yes. be the joke. Well, the paranoid, uh, there is a paranoid part of the sketch that I think mm-hmm. we could go after as well from their point of view, where they're wrong. But that doesn't matter. Donald Trump, you should care nothing about this. Just start being president. Well, wait. Wait until January. Then you can be president. More headlines when we return. Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Yeah, what that guy said. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires, and we're in the middle of our headlines segment. So, Jared, feed me another headline. We'll keep it with Trump here. Uh, Sarah Palin. Is there anything else to talk about besides Trump? In fact, there is, but you'll have to get my podcast 
which is uh, available three times a week. Go get the WSB radio app. Download it. You'll get my pal- my my podcast. There is other news besides Trump, but we're only on for an hour and a half today, so we got to squeeze all of our Trump news in here. Sarah Palin is upset with him because of his deal with Carrier Air Conditioning, saying it's crony capitalism. What what he did? Let me just tell you something. I absolutely agree with her. Uh, look, I know that people's jobs were saved, and I would never go to that town and say, "Hey, I'm not glad that you don't have a job." Absolutely, but this is not only crony capitalism. But this is populism. And let me just say something to people. I'm not going to ruin my ratings by telling people what they don't want to hear. And I'm not going to go on and on and on about this. But I know crony capitalism when I see it. And I know populism when I see it. And the only point I want to make is, if Hugo Chavez was still alive and oil was still selling at $120 a barrel, Hugo Chavez would still be very popular in Venezuela. The people of Venezuela have not hit the streets because they've had some sort of epiphany because they've had some sort of political enlightenment about capitalism versus socialism, what's happened is the old thing worked for a while, and now it's not working anymore. And if Trump keeps going down this path, then that's, it's going to be the same thing for him. As long as people feel they're doing a little bit better, then the populism will work. But this is what Sarah Palin is saying is actually truly conservative economics. And I, I didn't make this up myself. Hold on, Sarah. I can hear you want to say something there. Oh, but, my God. Well, hold on a second. I... <laughs> I know you want to say something, but I didn't... I'm just so surprised you agree with me. Well, I, I, you know, quite frankly, I am too, because I'm a libertarian, and you're more of a traditionalist, oh, I guess I'd say. So yeah, we don't... Yeah. We, but we, I, I guess we agree, we agree on, 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 on economics. But when I, I read this from somebody else. It's not my own thought, but I, would, I will repeat it again and again as we move down this path. Uh, it's politics. It's not economics. That's all you need to know. It worked out this time. People got jobs. That otherwise would have gone away. But the President of the United States cannot get involved in every labor dispute in the country. And it's not a policy. It's not economics. It's politics. So some are out there saying now that that Sarah Palin is upset with uh, Trump for not picking for, for not picking her for his cabinet. Do you think that oh could be a possibility God, that's all here? Crazy. Yeah, he's not. Of course not. That's so stupid. <laughs> you know, listen to me. When a government steps in. And arbitrarily, an individual subsidies favoring one business over another, it's incons- that's inconsistent, unfair, illogical precedent. You know Who what? wrote that for you? You know what? You know what? I, I <laughs> absolutely, I, up. I absolutely agree with. Uh, oh my God! With, with I can't what believe said. we agree, what? Eric. You just, you know, you look a little hand- more handsome today. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, you know, I'm growing the beard. You like the beard? I think it helps. Actually, I love it. I love a rugged man. <laughs> I, I tell you this, Sarah. As I've aged, I haven't. I, I don't know what's going on with my, with my face. The face behind the beard, and I find well, that it's ha- just getting more and more handsome. That's all. Oh, Sarah. You know what? <laughs> I think I would agree with you can a I whole touch lot it? more. Let me just touch it. Like, can what? I touch it? Go ahead there. Uh-huh. I'm going to rub down. Oh, it's so soft. Yes, it is. Still, Thank oh, you. When I go up, though, it's a little bit rough, which I kind of like. I dig that, man. I'm I telling dig Todd. <laughs> I'm digging that. I'm digging Oh, he's talking. fine with it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Todd's an open-minded dude. So uh, let me just say this. It's politics. It's not economics. And if you don't think the Carrier Corporation got something on the other side, think about this. From what office, of what authority did Trump work this deal out? What is he? He's not the president of the United States. He didn't do it through the uh, authority of Trump. So basically what you have to deal with is a large company, United Technologies, which owns Carrier, which has uh, 10% of their money comes from defense funding, helped the president-elect with a PR win. Okay? Listen, I got two words for you. Yeah. 
political intrusion using a stick and a carrot. That's not two words. But I, I, I well, you I know agree. what I meant. I do know what you meant. All right, guess what? We have WTF with Autumn Fisher when we return. <laughs> Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Uh, but you can only hear what goes on in here during the commercial. If it's Sunday, it's time for your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal, inst- not institution, let's try that again. In this Sunday's Atlanta Journal Constitution, I'm in an institution right here. Uh, you'll get an in-depth look at Congressman Tom Price and his rise to power. He is now set the, setting his sights on Obamacare as a member of President-elect's Trump's cabinet. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And before we go to WTF, just to pick up on what we were talking about before we went to the break, uh, Trump and the carrier deal, Sarah Palin saying it's crony capitalism, Eric Von Hessler agreeing with them. I just want to say, as, you know, going forward here, I get it. Look, this is uh, on one hand, I can, I can tell you what I think about it, but this, in a way, is why he was elected president. He did say, I'm going to think about you and I'm going to get in the way. And this is what people wanted. And... I get that and I understand that, but you're listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine. And my idea, my, my, my responsibility is to call him as I see him. And I'm always going to call him as I see him. And as, as it goes to Donald Trump, what you're not going to get from me is phony baloney analysis of the cartoon image of Donald Trump. I don't believe that Donald Trump is a racist. I don't believe he's a xenophobe. Any of that kind of stuff. Any problems that I have with Donald Trump are going to be based on policy and style. And real things in the real world. And that's always the way it's going to be with the Von Hessler Doctrine. When it comes to that carrier deal, I'm glad those people have those jobs. But the Von Hessler Doctrine is that the reality is that, yes, you could call that crony capitalism. But more than anything, the thing to take away from it, again, is it's politics, not economics. Now let's do this. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. Yes, with all apologies to the great Mark Marin, we call this segment WTF because we're not very original. But you get the idea. Wacky, weird stories, right, Autumn? I'm sure he listens. Oh, I'm sure he does. (laughs) 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 I'm sure that he sets his Apple Watch to it. Google Calendar, everything. I don't want to miss it. Anyway, go ahead. What's the first WTF story? Well, our favorite little comedian, actor, rapper, voiceover artist, Cat Williams, is in the news again. Uh, let me guess. Um, who did he get? Who, who, who did he beat up? <laughs> what, what, what's he in jail well, because for? Because of all, because of his um, sixteen incidents with the law. <laughs> sixteen. Yep, since okay. I think 2000... Whatever, I'm 52, I'm 52 years old. Do you know how many incidents with the law I've had my whole well, life? Well, I would guess maybe like 10. Not even. Perhaps what? four. I don't, I've never been behind bars. Not that I haven't deserved to be from time to time. <laughs> but I've either been smart or something, and I've never been behind bars. And incidents, I guess I've, had, I've gotten some traffic tickets, right? Three or four. Sure. That's well, this it. is like these are lawsuits and arrests. <laughs> no, you remember he got in the fight with the fourteen-year-old uh, kid at the high school playground. <laughs> yeah, he was giving that money or something, wasn't he? No, surprise. Cat, Cat Williams. Williams but uh, get to the story in a second. But for all this stuff that's been going on with him, I guess he's still slated to uh, to play Philip Sarita. So it's not hurting his career. Going to sell it out too. That's amazing to me. He is a, he always has been a very good comedian. He just appears to have started losing his mind in about the year 2005. So what's the story now? 
Well, he has been banned from two Georgia counties, Hall and Dawson County. Uh, that, that, so he, that is really, i got to kind of say that's kind of awesome. So he can't go to the Bill Elliott Museum? No, he can't. No, no, as much yeah. as he wants to go, as much as he wants to go and see the history of NASCAR, too the bad. Bill Elliott Museum, he's not going to be able to. So he, in, the, in Hall County, and what's the other county? And Dawson. Dawson and Hall County. He can no longer. There's a part of me that thinks that that's really kind of cool, like the idea that it's saying it seems so wild west to me. The idea that you could be yeah, like you, you, know, you want to be banned from a county, yeah, because be cool. like maybe, and, and you want to have your hands registered as weapons. Here's the thing, though, I'm a wuss, so I don't want to have to go to jail or anything like that. So just will somebody? Right. I guess you know the way they give those phony baloney degrees to celebrities because they want somebody to speak at Harvard. I want to be an honorary criminal somewhere <laughs> he gets Where? a decree of banishment yes yeah. somebody banned me for something i don't know there's something about Ooh, it someone that makes like me... holds a scroll yeah. in, the in, in the square and they read something off and you are banished hear ye the town crier out with the yeah. bell yeah. Yeah. Hear ye. we do not want him here he's banned from the county <laughs> comedian cat williams so never step foot in whole county again yeah <laughs> Yeah, I want it to happen uh, to me. I, for some reason, it would make me feel kind of Clint Eastwood-like, or John Wayne-like, if I, if I was banned from a county. See, like, tumbleweed blowing by and stuff. Cat Williams, uh, part of this was he got let off some other charges. And yes, when he, you're a, um, go ahead. Yeah, there's some marijuana charges that will be dropped, and I think that also his probation will uh, end yeah, sooner he did if he something. stays out of these counties. He had, what, if the, what, if, you know, Matt, what if his Google Maps just take him through the well, county? Can he do that? It's a bad day for Cat Williams, I guess. You just don't want to be doing anything to get caught. I think I one of these charges. That Aldi man. Didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, Where am I going to go to my chicken plan? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, my carpeting. Cat Williams, did you have your bodyguard beat up or something? I mean, this. Yeah, what's he what? looked at me wrong, so I had to, you know, get him taken care of. And then I got a fight behind a, in a playground on yeah. December twenty eighth with a fourteen year old. I got to go. How am I going to fight him? He can't get, make his way to Fulton. <laughs> Oh, you had a schedule. Meet me at yeah. 3 o'clock behind the I'll Wendy's. I'll meet you at 3 o'clock behind the sit-go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this Cat Williams, I hope he gets his act together. But I, 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 when I see deals like this, I don't think normal people get let off as many things as Cat Williams. I think if you were a normal person and you'd had all these, how many incidents with the law since 2000? 16, since 16, 2006. You'd be in jail all the time. Yeah, you would not be walking no. the streets. There's something, don't think that celebrity doesn't buy you a better lawyer. Yeah. And also, there's a... There's a thing where I think with judges, and, and I, judges are human beings. They can do the best they can. But when the person in front of you is a complete stranger, don't you think it's easier to punish them? Like, what if you like Cat Williams? Like, at the, the moment somebody becomes a celebrity, you kind of feel like you kind of know him a little bit, so you're more likely to give him a break. I mean, he's got a good career going. You don't want to ruin that yeah. sort of thing. The cheapest tickets for his show on February 3rd are six, uh, $62. I'd so. love to go. I wouldn't pay $62, but I mean, he, Man. I would I would love to go. Although, I've never believed in stand-up comedy in arenas. I, I, that just doesn't work. This is upper deck, too. This is like upper yeah. level 306. That's way up there. Yeah, I mean, people don't shut up when Bruce Springsteen's playing Rosalita. I can't imagine that everybody shuts up when you're that far back. <laughs> one guy on stage. I saw a commercial for a Kevin Hart movie that came out of their live performance. It looked like he was in front of 30,000 people. Oh, yeah, he was. He, he was. could sell out yeah. the dome. How could you... Uh, it just isn't stand-up comedy just more of an intimate thing? Don't you want to be in a room close to the person? The thing with music is you can just turn up the amps and blare. But stand-up comedy, I can't imagine going to 
a, a room full of 16,000 people to watch one guy <laughs> in a spotlight. I've only done that once, Sam Kinison. I, did, I saw oh, him you know at what? an arena. I, I, I did the same thing, and it was terrible. What was your What was your experience? Oh, well, I was 16, so it was great. He swore. <laughs> yeah. You got to see yeah. him swearing. So. <laughs> you, you were too young to get into comedy clubs. Right, right. I thought it was terrible. Give me another WTF story. Anyway, Cat Williams is talented. He's lucky he's a celebrity. There's no way if I had that many incidents since 2006, he, I would be walking the streets. Of, he must have a lot of money. I mean, looking yeah. at some of these bonds that he's posted, $50,000 <laughs> bond, $40,000 bond. Oh, when you're selling out Phillips Arena at $70 a pop, right. you're going to make some money. Because I used to go panning for gold up in Dawson County, and now I can't go panning for gold. So you are being penalized. I am. a <laughs> $50,000 bail was for a connection... <laughs> on an assault on a tractor driver. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah. I remember what that one. What is he doing? Yes. Yeah. yeah he, well, <laughs> apparently he didn't like the way the guy was tractoring. I, don't I like no the way you cutting that hay. <laughs> you plow, you plowing that furrow, not straight right there. <laughs> You're a stickler. I'm a stickler. I want bales, not rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another WTF story, if you will. Amy Schumer is going to play Barbie <laughs> in an upcoming live action film. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have this, thanks for the warning. No, yeah, <laughs> one of the most annoying. Now, Cat Williams, I think is funny. I don't get Amy Schumer. I don't. I don't what? get. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, Amy, what, what? What? What makes you funny? Oh, because I just you know just talk about my period and being a woman. <laughs> oh, really? And it's, it's all- hard for you. I think. I think it's hard for you because like I'm not a perfect size ten. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you you dress like you're a perfect size ten. It's weird because your your message is well because I am perfect. Oh, I see. I'm just not a perfect size ten for you, and yeah. you're like male stereotype or whatever. So it's okay. Fine. Yeah, it's hilarious. I'm laughing on the inside. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. So <laughs> so <laughs> I've read about this Barbie movie, and of course you because you, you you wonder Amy Schumer, why would she be playing Barbie? Well, it turns out she's playing. That's just your male centric stereotype that's yeah. been programmed to you from birth. So. No, no, I'm saying that I read Never. this. I read a thing that said that you are going to play the Barbie who's not perfect. Yeah, it's I'm, like a, of, I'm like a defective Barbie, but it turns out like I'm better. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. get kicked out of the Barbie colony. <laughs> kind of sounds like Rudolph, the Red yeah. Dawn, you know. Did you <laughs> exactly. want to be a dentist? I'm like Rudolph. Did oh you my want... God, that's just perfect. I yeah. love that. Yeah, did you, you want to be a dentist or something? So... <laughs> <laughs> she gets kicked out of the Barbie Land place. Barbie Land. Someplace Trump's been. Oh, yeah, it? believe me. <laughs> so she gets kicked out because her, her measurements aren't perfect. But she comes back with the knowledge for the rest of the Barbie girls that uh, actually she's better than them because she's authentic. And then I think right. by the end of the movie, she convinces all the other perfect Barbies and they wish that they were like her. Right? Yeah, we're creating new stereotypes that yeah. are not so vile. Okay, that sounds like a great movie. Mm. That sounds- it's going to be so hilarious. Has it guys. ever occurred to people that there's a difference between a classroom lesson and an entertaining film? Is that, I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? What I mean is you may have a point. Perhaps you have mm. a good point about... Yeah, you know, I do have uh, a point. Okay, so. uh, that's what I said. And, and that girls maybe are trying to be perfect, and maybe that's not great. But maybe that's a good point. But I, there's a difference between an entertaining movie and a, 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 a cultural lesson. You know, like you should just give a speech about that. No, what do you? I don't understand. I didn't think you would. <laughs> I didn't think you would. Uh, Jared, I was going to say, or, or you could make a documentary. I mean, what's the point? I mean, if we yeah. need a lesson on social social standards and whatnot, or how to be correct in society, I want a lesson. On, I want a lesson on whatnot. 
That's what I want. <laughs> and what not? And what not? That's what I want a lesson on. You got another story? Listen, if you yeah. have, to, if you question this movie, then you're a racist. Okay, that's just the end of it. <laughs> okay, Amy Schumer. Okay, you make it. <laughs> well, then, as far as I'm concerned. The Barbie movie is just... I don't know. We haven't even seen the damn thing. Maybe it'll oh be funny. Oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Maybe it'll be like the Lego movie. <laughs> that was really actually Really good, yeah, right? Good, yeah. Except better, because it's about me. Yeah, and <laughs> also changing perceptions of girls. Definitely. You're welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Amy Schimmer. More WTF when we get back. The Von Hessler Doctrine. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jared, what are you trying to indicate? You know, I don't read sign language. I'm and, pretty, and you are pretty producer, good at understanding me over you know, here. Well, as a producer, you wait until four seconds before you go on the air, and he starts holding up papers and <laughs> doing things with his hands. I have no idea what he wants me to do. What I'm do you still want amazed do? you can read my handwriting over here. My handwriting is terrible. No, what? you do have chicken scratch, but so do I, so I'm used to it. What do you want me to do? Listen, we got our final four in for the college football playoffs. Oh, that's going to make Autumn happy. She hates yeah. sports, and we're stepping, on, we're stepping on her uh, on her thing. But yes, this is breaking news. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, I thought they were Wait until Tuesday to tell us this stuff. Like, that's, that's not at the that, end of the year. That's what I thought too. It's just exploding all over Twitter right here. So we've so, got uh, who 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 has to lose to Alabama? Alabama will play Washington here in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl and first. By the way, dogs fans, I'm not saying that I, I'm rude. I, I'm always I'm a Bulldogs fan, but I'm just saying I, <laughs> I've come to the conclusion lately that Alabama is never going <laughs> to lose another game ever. I, it just seems impossible. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're just they get all the. I don't know. Anyway. I didn't want dogs fans to feel like I was raising the Alabama flag. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't see anybody beating this team. Go ahead. So we've got Alabama and Washington playing here in Atlanta, and then Clemson and Ohio State will play in Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, Penn State got snubbed. I see, mean, you're saying, uh, Jared, this means a lot to you, and you're I just finding this out. But Jared is very, very into sports, and he he does have analysis that's worth listening to sometimes, even though again he is wearing a flat brimmed hawk's hat, which makes him look like Vanilla Ice. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to take you seriously for a moment. Make your argument that Penn State should have been in there rather than Ohio State. Penn State beat Ohio State and is the Big Ten champion. I don't understand how Ohio State jumps in. with, uh, Despite having one loss, they did not play in the championship game. They didn't play in the championship game. And, and, they, and, and Penn they, State beat them. But too. do you really think, here's the thing about this. They have to decide who are the best teams right now. Do you really think that right now Penn State is a better team than Ohio State? you got to get rid of this idea in college. If you lose one, you're out. Because let's go to the NFL, right? So New York Giants won two Super Bowls uh, in the 2000s. Uh, the first one was in 2000s, I don't know, whatever. It was an eight, I think. You're- eight and then 11, right? So both times, if that Giants team was in college... They never would have been in the Super Bowl. They were pretty mediocre throughout the regular seasons, and then they just heated up. And I think they were a wild card team both times. Heated up, ran through the playoffs, and won close football games for for the championship. So I think they, they do have to think about just because they lost to Penn State. Is that you think that should just be an automatic? If you just go I by the numbers, so, well, do you really think Penn State right now is a better team than Ohio State? Listen, I think the playoff system with having four slots is not fair as it no. is because there's five. Stop, don't, five, use the five. Term, don't, don't use the term fair, all right, Moranial? <laughs> don't use the term fair. Say it's not optimal. It's okay. not optimal. Thank there you, you go. It's not optimal. There are five power conferences and four slots. It <laughs> makes no sense at all. I hear people. Yeah, People say they want to go to, to go to six. I think they should just go to eight right off the top. Yes. So I that way, once Penn you have State the top, makes it. Once you have the top eight teams in there, you're pretty much going to get 
the number one and number two going at each other in the championship game. In most years when it matters. Does anybody think any of these teams, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, what's the other one? Wisconsin, Washington. Yeah, uh, so it's Washington, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. I'm saying, out, out of all, it's, it's, it's Alabama and the other three, right. as far as I'm looking at it. Does anybody think that Alabama is not going to win the championship this year? I, hey, it's been a year when things have happened that uh, weren't predicted. I'll give you that. But Believe me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but you, you know what's not fair? What's fair? What's not fair, Autumn? I'm pushing my segment back for some stupid basketball news. It's football. It's football. football. <laughs> See, there you go. I don't even know. You know what's not fair is I'll be called, called a misogynist if I say you said that because you're a girl. So I won't do that because I don't want to be unfair to you or the listeners. I don't know. I'm going to root for the underdog against Alabama, whoever they are, in the end. Because I'm sure Alabama is going to be there in the end. Guess what's going to be here when we come back? We only have another half hour, only an hour and a half today. Outrage Corner with English Nick. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two, truncated as it will be, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. Tim is here, and English Nick is here, and Jared is here, and Autumn is here. I feel like I'm on Romper Room now, looking to the mirror. Everybody's here. I can see Tim. I can see that boy Nick who wasn't born in America. We've got a lot to do this half hour because we've got to cram everything into a half hour. So let's start first. You know, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, actually, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, actually uh, went after Colin Kaepernick about not standing for the national anthem. And what we found out is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually knows her football and has been doing picks for us here every week since. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, your record is, is kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how I did that. You had a couple of weeks last week, week where you've gone, well, you've run the table. Yeah, a couple of weeks. In I'd say about 80% of what you've predicted has come true. Well, I get 90. Okay, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You ready? Ginsburg's game day picks. No. Later today, Buffalo takes on Oakland. Yeah. And Oakland, with its high-powered offense, is going to defeat them 29-27. to 27. Mm, You know what? Sorry, you, Grapes. You know I'm a Bills fan. I do. And uh, I completely agree with you. I think this is the end of the road. I think this is where we get knocked out of the whole playoff hunt. No, so. no one's going to win that division other than New England, so get your hopes up. I was hoping for a good wild card, but I guess it's going to be dashed today. Dashed. Okay. Moving on, uh, the Giants take on Pittsburgh today, and everybody's picking Pittsburgh but me. The Giants are going to win 31-23. What's that again? 31-23. I think you're right about the. each team is going in the other direction. Yes, correct. I don't think the Steelers are going down, and I think the Giants are going up. I agree. And here's another one. People are thinking that Seahawks have been embarrassing themselves all season long, and the Panthers are on, what do you call it, the struggle bus. Well, I think... (laughs) Have you ever been on the struggle bus? Oh, several times. Have you ever shown up for work and you had a big ruling? And- we had a big ruling about uh, Obamacare, and I was just half in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, up late at the opera the oh, night before. Oh, yeah. We, my, my husband and I, we, we drink lots of wine at the opera. And yes. then the Panthers take on the Seahawks, and everybody, again, is picking Seahawks. I'm saying Panthers 23, Seahawks 20. Panthers get a little stronger. They've they lost are. a lot of games, but very close, right? Very Three close. points or less than a lot of those games. Very close. They should have beat Oakland last week. Uh, well, Oakland's fantastic team. Jared, despite what you say. I, Jared I disagree doesn't with agree. you, Ruth. He thinks the Raiders are overrated. He thinks that they're playing the NFC South. Call me when you're on the Supreme Court. That's true. She, she does have. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. Once again. And I wouldn't argue with Ruth Bader Ginsburg because her Ginsburg game day picks have been right on. I'm honest. You, you go all the way back. This is like 80%. 
Not 90. 85. Right. About 80%. <laughs> right about, right about 80. She's very confident. Okay, so normally, we're only on until 1.30, so normally we go right to Outrage Corner, yeah. but I want to give, we kind of stepped on, on Autumn Fisher. I want to give her a gift of WTF. another story. Yeah, yeah it's gift-giving gift yeah. time. So one more WTF story All from right. Autumn, and then we'll get to Outrage Corner. Okay, Stephen Hawking says that <laughs> obesity is one of the most serious public health problems. <laughs> Was that that obesity, you're saying, obesity. is one of the most serious health problems? I am a science celebrity, so you should listen to me when I talk about people being overweight. You know, I'm wondering what the uh, millennials will think about this, because it's not really cool, it's not politically correct to uh, fat shame. They would call it fat shaming. Although I've always thought, what about the part of it where... Type 2 diabetes is a real thing, and it's really happening, and so it is a health issue, but it, it seems like now that uh, you shouldn't say anything. I, I feel like maybe you're fat-shaming a little bit there, Stephen Hawking. Listen, there is an objective opinion about what is beautiful, <laughs> and a big fat woman is not it. That's horrible, Stephen Hawking. Who says that I'm not healthy in this body? I, I'm healthy. I, I'm just bigger. See? You're, you're shaming this guy? You robot. Leading a sedentary life. It, because I made it a health problem. Well, that's my choice, robot. <laughs> and I am a constantly sedentary, and I am staying very slim. That's because you eat you eat a paste made of uh, nutrients and, and oil. Well, you seem to be having your problems, though, sir. I mean, don't you think you can take a little bit from Stephen Hawking? You, you're, you know. Listen to this big fat whale. <laughs> I need to go to my safe space, which is a, a football stadium. <laughs> I had no idea. First of all, sir, I think you should drop a few pounds. But I had no idea that uh, Stephen Hawking was such a fat shamer and such a mean person. I had no idea. Fat shaming. Uh, you should. Hey, look at, so what if my stomach fat is pressing on my diaphragm? And rib cage. That is disgusting. You are a vile piece of trash. <laughs> it's no idea. You knew. When we when we eventually leave the planet Earth to travel to Mars, we will leave you and your kind behind. Drop me off on the moon, man. It's made out of cheese. <laughs> All right. There's, I when, just. No, do you want to apologize, uh, Stephen Hawking? I'll give you one last shot here to apologize. There right? is no reason to apologize. This person is disgusting. <laughs> I know. Did you know it is had... easy to stay trim and slim like myself. Listen, I don't know if I believe Steven anymore. I mean, he called this election completely wrong. Well, he's the one that said that Donald Trump had no chance of winning. So, so you Steve Hockey's lost a lot of a lot, a lot of points there. Yes. I was not alone in this opinion. All right, it's time for this outrage corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. How do I follow that? English Nick. You just, you just put your head down and burrow in. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ted Cruz is outraged over uh, Obama's reaction to the passing of Fidel Castro. And not only Obama, but Trudeau. Trudeau, right? Trudeau yes. Obama kind of walked right down the middle with diplomatic language. And I think he was upset about that, as yeah. he should be. The Canadian Prime Minister, yeah, Justin Trudeau. You happen to have what he said. He, said, he was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and let me just use this as a platform to say to any artist out there, you know, world leaders, politicians, they have to be diplomatic for whatever. What bothers me is when artists equivocate on this guy, Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro was a monster, a monster. And he locked up dissenting opinions 
And a lot of people who had those dissenting opinions were artists. And when I see these actors and musicians, and they're always like, oh, well, yeah, we're not saying he's the greatest. No, what you should say is that he was a monster. Because that's what he was. And all these leftists, I've all, I'm blessed in my life with most of my friends being leftists. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm very aware of these opinions. And they love to say, but you know what? The literacy rate in Cuba is much higher than South America. But what they don't take the time to find out is that in the time of Batista, who was overthrown on January 1st, 1959 by Fidel Castro, in the time of Batista, the literacy rate in Cuba was higher than South America. So it's, it, have you seen, I, I, there's a new Rolling Stones, I'm a big Rolling Stones fan, new album out, but the new, big Rolling Stones fan, they have uh, a thing from Havana. Well, they did a concert, first concert ever, rock concert. Big there. free show, right? Yeah. yeah, they show Havana from the, from, the, from the sky. Horrific living conditions. Horrific living conditions. I don't have time to get into all of the philosophical reasons. Let me just tell you this. If you could come to me with an argument that was convincing, that said, actually, collectivism is the best way to run a society, and people economically would be better off, I would still 100% uh, totally disavow collectivism and totally throw it out. Because here's the problem with any kind of collectivism. Socialism, communism, dictatorship. You can't get eight friends to decide what restaurant to go to on a given evening. And you're going to tell me we've got a five-year plan that everybody agrees with? Not possible. No matter how good the five-year plan is, what's going to happen is somebody's going to disagree. And then that's going to be a problem for the state. And the people who disagree are going to have to be, in nice systems, jailed. In bad systems, killed. Before I get to Fidel here, I just want to say that uh, my understanding of the number of people who were killed by Fidel Castro... Why? For crimes? No, because the, the thoughts inside their heads disagreed with the leader. The thoughts inside their head, not the things they did with their hands or to other people, but the words that they spoke disagreed with the leader. The number is somewhere between 16 and 18,000. That's like walking into Phillips Arena. It's packed, and everybody's dead because of one man. Do not call yourself an artist if you are not willing to say that Fidel Castro was a monster and nothing more. Fidel. All of this from someone who doesn't know that Cuba is in North America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I didn't say, okay, yes, you're right, you're right. What it meant was that he, he, they were comparing the literacy <laughs> rates to the South American literacy rates. You are absolutely correct, sir. I know. I stand correct. <laughs> I stand corrected. But you are a monster. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> is, is that, am I talking to Fidel Castro or Count Chocula? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> One, uh, two. Uh, Look, I'm getting. I'm tweeting right now. I'm tired One, of this. <laughs> One dead activist. We have a lot more information. But some of it true, some of it not. To uh, pass along to you when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. All right, welcome back. We usually have at this point a little more than an hour and a half left in the show, but as it is, 
We have about three and a half minutes because we have what? UGA basketball coming up, correct? Yeah, they're playing Marquette. All right, we got to get out of the way for that. But before we do that, there's some business that needs to be attended to here. First of all, welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm filling in from five to seven for Eric Erickson on Monday and Wednesday. Wednesday. Monday tomorrow. Monday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> see, well, if you would have waited. I would have said on Monday and Wednesday this week, and that would have put into context the fact that the Monday I was speaking of wasn't three years from now. Okay, so today is Sunday and tomorrow is Monday, is that correct? That, and that's the Monday <laughs> Got you. this week. Yes. This week, not yes. three weeks from now. I know it's confusing, but yes. Got you. So I will be filling in from 5 to 7 for Eric Erickson on Monday and Wednesday this week, Jared, on Atlanta's Evening News. And uh, the whole Von Hessler thing, we're switching things up. I have too many places where I put stuff up online and whatnot and where you can find my stuff. We do a podcast called The Digital Doctrine three times a week, and we have this show. They all end up online. By January 1st, we're only going to have one place, The Von Hessler Doctrine. You look for it in your iTunes, in your Stitcher, and Jared tells me very soon in uh, Google Play as well. That's right. And that's going to be that. Also, your WSB Radio app. That's where you're going to be able to find those things. Uh, we have, we're going to have one Facebook page rather than the seven that we have you're out there. You're talking to them too right now. Oh, uh, well, on the Facebook page? Well, they're already there. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Look that up on Facebook. By January 1st, it's going to be the only place to find us. On Twitter, at TVHDmedia1. That's it. That's the only place we're going to be by January 1st. So please uh, follow us. Also, donate to Clark's Christmas Kids all week long at ClarkHoward.com. We'll be live with Clark next Sunday. Details to be announced soon on that Facebook page, The Von Hessler Doctrine, that I was telling you about. Got all that out of there. Okay. Take a breath. All right. Paul Stanley. Yeah. From the rock band Kiss. That's right. Every week you come in and tell us what we learned on the Von Hessler Doctrine this week. What did we learn? Well, even though it's a truncated show, we learned an awful lot. We Mm -hmm. found out that Cuba is in North America, contrary to what Eric says. All right. All right. (laughs) Uh, Stephen Hawking doesn't like people of size, which I find fascinating. Fat people. He doesn't like fat people. Look, I don't say the F word. You don't, you don't, I don't say, say fat. The, I don't say that word. Stop oh, it. Okay. People of size. People of size. They can't help it. Okay. <laughs> and if you've been to a kiss show, you've noticed that we we age. We've got we've, we've become people of size. Okay. So in <clears throat> deference to the kiss audience, that's right. Circa 2016. Exactly. You don't say the f word. And finally, President Trump doesn't like being picked on by the guy from Beetlejuice. I don't know that I'd like that either. <laughs> How is Gene feeling? I know Gene was a big Trump guy. He's Gene has been Gene has been real serious this whole time. You know, he's he went out and he voted for Trump. He campaigned for him, mm-hmm. and uh, right now he's a little upset because he thinks it's crony capitalism. What happened in Indiana? I don't know anything about it, so I can't comment. But that's where Gene stands. Gene stands. Paul crony Stanley, capitalism. thank you. Thanks, You're welcome. Tim Andrews. Thanks to English Nick. Thank you, Autumn Fisher, Jared Yamamoto. Our friends on Facebook Live right now. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you next Sunday. But until then, get off my lawn. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.